going on, folks? Thank you for listening to the podcast. I uh, really do appreciate it a lot. And if you haven't subscribed yet, I would appreciate it even more if you did that. It's the best way to support the show. And uh, if you enjoy it, share it with other people that you think might enjoy it as well. I appreciate that too. My guest today is a multiple time guest. I think this is his third time on the podcast. And he is a chess player and a chess teacher, a coach, actually. Um, but we've talked about that a couple of times. And he's always sending me really cool articles and interesting facts about cryptocurrency. And he's not one of those people that's like, hey, go invest in Bitcoin. He really knows what's going on. And he kind of downplays that a little bit, but he's one of the smartest people that I've ever had the privilege of talking to on the podcast. And we just so happened to be from the same hometown. He was a little younger than me. And uh, he actually was friends with my younger brother. And I met him and I've really enjoyed talking with him. And we talked about cryptocurrency and actually more so blockchain and NFTs, something that I'm starting to gain some interest in. And we talked a lot about it. And I think it's a really helpful conversation if you've heard about NFTs and blockchain and just this whole new world of digital value and digital currency. Um, really fun episode. Always a pleasure to talk with him. Give it up for my guest, Chad Ambrose. But before we enjoy the episode, as we always do, a quick shout out to the sponsor of the podcast and my company, Action Specialty Roast Coffee and Natural Supplements. If you're near a computer or your phone, which is a computer, I guess, go to drinkaction.com. It's action with a K. And check out the Specialty Roast Coffee and Natural Supplements that we have on the website. If you're a coffee drinker, I promise you, you won't be disappointed in any of the Specialty Roast Coffee blends, especially Ambitious, which is a medium roast with a lot of caffeine, super smooth, a little bit of a caramel kick. It's a great coffee, and uh, it's the coffee that kind of got me away from energy drinks as much as I've tried to get away from those. We also have products like Active, which is a hemp and turmeric-based product designed for reduction of inflammation and a whole host of other things for health and well-being. And if you're in Bradford, Pennsylvania, some of you people might be listening, you can go to the Kennedy Street Cafe. The new owners, Josh and Kelly, are so gracious to change their house blend to Action's Ambitious Medium Roast. So you can go check it out there and see if you like it before you place an order. If you do sign up for a subscription, you'll save 20% off of the retail price. And if you use code word curious, you'll get an additional discount. Head to drinkaction.com to do all of that and enjoy this episode. What are you curious about? Oh, dude, no, I'm glad you asked that because I was thinking about it tonight. I was driving home from jujitsu class and I was like, what are we going to talk about tonight? I mean, we always talk about chess, which I, it always fascinates me because I'm, as I've always told you, it's, uh, it's something I'm not very good at. And I know that it's uh, something that I could get better at. Um, and I really appreciate people who are good at it. But you always hit me between the eyes with like random videos and posts that just like get me thinking so what have you been thinking about lately what's what's been on your mind um 
Well, I've just, I've been staying really busy um, with uh, like paying attention to all the developments in like crypto space in, in general sense, but also uh, doing a lot of coaching uh, for strategic mentorship for chess coaching and uh, another company called Synthesis where it's a similar sort of a weekly experience for kids to get together. But through all that, it's uh, it's just cool to see like um, trends are like moving so fast, like like because stuff that I would have like a year. I think I don't know. We started talking. Uh, we'd had one of these. You and I got together maybe a year ago. It might have been or, or, or less than that. But uh, there's stuff that like back then, like, yeah, if I would have been bringing it up, it wouldn't have made much sense because like it like not there's blockchain stuff has developed all since uh, just this spring like the, you know that something sort of happened with bitcoin and like everything since then it, it's just like there's on this there's this whole other side of the world that's like really has a ton of energy is that what um, is that what happened was it the explosion that bitcoin had there when, when was it like springtime roughly Right. Yeah. I think like if we went back one year from now, one year ago in November, it was about like, I don't know, Bitcoin might have been like down in like 14 or, or 20,000 for Bitcoin. And then like January came around and there was mixed sentiments on it. And then something happened like mid January with Dogecoin, Elon Musk, Bitcoin, SNL. And it sort of like lit this powder keg, you know, of crypto energy and, um, the end of sort of the pandemic people getting back to normal people the crypto people never really got shooken up too much um, in their communications they just weren't able to generate capital during the pandemic but so these people have started to just sort of live uh driving a lot of energy to, towards the ecosystem because they're creating games now like and, that, and that's like that's where the trend's been all summer this is like which games are legit, which games are rug pulls, which games are like, like now Facebook's meta. Um, yeah. And like OpenSea uh, has all their NFT projects that sort of tie back to games. But then there was like the mana coin, which is like the VR side of it, which had like a big boost most recently. So like this whole evolution that's happened this year, unreal. In, in a general sense, like someone could have predicted it a year ago and they would be a super genius. And there's like people who have become millionaires, like that I've literally followed them on crypto Twitter. Uh, you know, just these guys, I, I, I see it happen overnight on some of these coins. It's unreal. What yeah, happens. I was, was going to ask you about the NFTs because I knew that the crypto space was something that you've been following. And I knew like, I'll scroll through Instagram and it's a lot less lately, but to your point, like when crypto was humming, you know what I mean? I, I had a Robinhood account. I had my Coinbase account. I was buying Ethereum, buying Bitcoin. And, you know, I, I wish now in hindsight that I would have been a little bit more risky and put more money into it, but everybody was an expert. Everybody's posting about it. I know the reddits were going crazy, all the subreddits and, you know, driving the trading. I think the consumerization of it, allowing people to have an app on their phone to, you know, my dad was buying Bitcoin, which was kind of cool. Um, 
but I noticed that you were talking about things that were like outside of the, um, like what the common folk were talking about as it came to blockchain and cryptocurrency. And I'm like, Chad is really getting into this. And I could tell, and when you came, when I knew that we were going to get back together, um, I had Greg Overton on the podcast a second time recently, and it's become like a, you talk about mentorship, you know, slowly. I mean, as, as a friend, he's such an awesome guy. And I think a lot of it, and he talked about it, you know, Rogan really catapulted his career by talking about his artwork. And he's got this really cool mentality now where he's like, I just want to help other people. I want mm-hmm. other people to be able to get the benefit because everybody has something to give. It's just having an opportunity to give it. Um, and so he's helped me in a lot of ways, you know, giving me coaching, just helping me to promote myself. And he's like, man, you need to get into the NFT space. And all that I really knew, I knew what I knew what it was called. I knew it's a non fungible token. And I understood at least, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because I've said this like five or six times on this podcast, and I probably have people that are pissed off. But my understanding was that it's it's a way to create a digital record for digital artwork in a way, or I mean, I guess other artwork as well that creates an authenticity to the original, but also a pathway for those people who buy an NFT to resell it and potentially even create royalties for the original person. So it kind of creates like an ecosystem of value for people. And, um, Greg was like, you need to create like a cool logo, like a monkey logo or something that's kind of looking all curious was like his artistic vision and incorporate that into apparel for certain levels of NFT. And then maybe like a custom painting that's that logo. And he recommended this guy, Wes Henry, who actually I think was the person that mentored him and and got him hooked on the NFT model. But I mean, I think I'm okay to say this because Greg mentioned on the podcast, but I mean, he's making a quarter million dollars a month and more kind of growing. I I, I believe it. Absolutely. And he's doing, that's the kind of value people are are trading on this. Yeah. He's like getting 10% royalties on everything that he sells. He's dropping three a week. And uh, he's like, you don't have to obviously be as far in as I am, but you should consider leveraging that and it'll create a uniqueness about your podcast. And I thought about that because I heard a stat the other day. It's like, there's 2 million podcasts and uh, I'm sure it'll be 4 million by the end of next year. But my mindset has always been, that's fine. How many of those 4 million people are going to be doing this in two years from now or in three years from now, you know, and I'm hopeful that my resiliency will be the ultimate uh, benefactor of anything good coming out of this. But, you know, thinking about, kind of scaling it out with nfts as a way to create a unique ecosystem and allow other people to share off of what i'm creating seemed like a really cool concept am i like way out of line on what my understanding of that is or no i think that's where it's all headed towards is is sort of what you're talking about there where where um you as an as an individual can or as a pseudonymous individual someone who's you know like a lot of the people who do it you know people or whatever well he's he's sort of coming up out of the covers but you know a lot of these people just it, it gives them a lane to get their artwork out in front of eyes uh just based on the art itself 
and um, if people want to pay, they they'll they'll pay, and and it's like branding is a lot is a major part of the NFT thing. Uh, that's where on the one side of it, but then there is I think a deeper community aspect to what's actually going to happen in NFTs. That's those are the that's the projects that I'm really more looking towards is the community based ones where um, through some way or another the the vision the the releases of artwork are prioritize prioritize so that community members get a chance to either see new art and, and purchase art from your community of uh nft following and, and it sort of uses that network effect of you know justin shares good artwork through this account and and uh people are buying the nfts because there's an easy pathway to you know track who owns this actual royalties uh, because this artist wanted to make sure that people who trade his art get royalties on it. And, and, and I think that's the future model that artists are gonna use is that they're gonna use, what, what an NFT really is, is a, is a data, it's a, it's a way to package data. Um, and it's a way to package data on the Ethereum blockchain, ERC20 uh, protocol, the, the language of Ethereum, they can, you can generate a token and inside that token, there's a slot and essentially like a, imagine a database where you can put in, hey, this is JPEG here that represents this set of pixels. And um, now that set of pixels is eternally locked to that token that you created on the Ethereum blockchain. And now as that token gets traded through eternity, it can be traced back to who first minted it theoretically. Um, but but that's where marketplaces come in and, and sort of people can access the Ethereum blockchain through OpenSea or through, um, you know, different blockchains like Polygon or a lot of other blockchains have, have implemented similar measures to, to build these community tools. So two questions for you. Yeah. Um, is the value of the NFT affected by the value of Ethereum or is it just leveraging the protocol in the blockchain to create the authenticate often i'm gonna even stop to try to say yeah no for <laughs> sure like no um the, like the a lot of the ethereum trading is totally inflated based on just the volatility of the ethereum token over the past year like i i i i can't really you know i wasn't in ethereum early enough to be sort of in the whale class there to really justify any of the trading and, and and I guess, I don't know, I feel like there's some legitimate issues with the transaction fees um, generally on Ethereum that um, are, I don't know, I, I have never bought a, a NFT on Ethereum, but I have bought NFTs on the Terra blockchain. Um, that's just one that I'm more familiar with. And that's one that was very affordable back in January. It has grown a lot this year. Um, th that being said, I think that, yeah, the I think a lot of people, most of the NFT projects that we've seen so far have uh, a minority of seriously dedicated members and the rest of it is sort of people trying to pump and, and trade these tokens, um, just like, you know, not really seeing a future utility out of them. But I think they're missing out. I think, I think there is a future utility in all of these sort of NFT projects so long as there's sort of a backbone of creating a community around 
sharing uh, some sort of marketplace and marketing of our, you know, if Is, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> does. Are those people who are pumping it, are they in some way, shape or form carrying the bag for the people who do see the, the bigger picture in the, you know, community aspect of it, because they're, you know, even though, even though their interest isn't for the greater good of the community, it's still fueling the growth and allowing that community to, to benefit, or is it a detriment to those communities? I think that, I think it's overall a, a good, I think adding any of this, because ultimately we need marketplaces that are decentralized and, mar and, and so when these large transactions occur, the marketplaces that are facilitating any sort of transaction or any sort of viewing of the NFTs, um, they're going to be sort of generating uh, funds that go back to the people who stake on the blockchain, right? So, and that's sort of the spirit of decentralization and, and decentralization on Ethereum particularly is that the stakers and the validators get rewarded for staking their tokens by uh, earning a distribution of all the transaction fees that are collected. And so large NFT transactions generate larger fees um, and larger gas fees get distributed back to the stakers. And, and, and it's a sort of a recurring cycle there that, that helps stabilize. So, yeah, I think it helps. I think it's good. Are there... I, I mean, all I've ever heard is, hey, it's, um, it's a safer way to have currency because it's the blockchain keeps things safe. I've heard, you know, from an, my understanding, like I explained from an NFT perspective, it's like a way to authenticate who created something. But I feel like hindsight's always twenty twenty, And there's so many examples throughout history where we were so for sure that this new development was going to be like the end all be all. But the simple fact that something like blockchain has been developed that is a better option than what we had before, it makes me wonder if those who seem really bullish on the fact that this is like the safest way to do it, it's impenetrable. Is that truly the case? Are there discussions with people around the security of these things? And would there be the potential of somebody to hack or manipulate the blockchain to change because I'm, I'm thinking about all of the transactions and all of the money that's in our currency that's in value that's flowing through there. People are nefarious and somebody out there I'm sure is going to be working hard to find a way to skim something off of all of that. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I, I, Vitalik Buterin, the, the sort of headmaster of Ethereum, who, who's, I think he would, he would say, go ahead and try. Um, like I don't, I don't, as far as like the Ethereum network, it's too, it's too mat. I don't, I think you would have to re, um, you'd have to have some, you'd put, have to put so much capital in the, the network would clog up. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't know. I don't think you could do it. I think the, the validators, that's, I think that's sort of the purpose of validators is that they would see that amount of doubling of liquidity to be able to pull that amount, that much extra liquidity out in, in such a short amount of time. I, I don't think that it could happen, I, I, but I, I don't quite know the, the, the whole uh, 
like mathematics, like or, or like cryptography, like the, the the breaking of this or the forking of these chains, and and uh, I I don't I don't <laughs> I can't speak to that effect. Like I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm not privy to those conversations on the people who get together and and might want to be able to generate the fifty one percent hash power to over take on the bitcoin no i'm probably showing my ignorance when i'm asking these i'm i'm showing my ignorance severely as i'm asking these questions people who know they're probably like like, there's no there's no like these are the questions that like but there's not you know it's there's no there's no ignorance at all there um i'm i'm just sort of not really the right person to answer some of it as well because i'm not a computer science person i'm just more of a viewer and an audience member of the crypto community um, from a high level and, and optimistic about it as well. My brother has a friend. I won't share his name. I don't know if he wants me to say his name, but he moved up here from Florida a few years back. Um, he had a professional career down there and he came up north and he he had a business in Florida. He sold the business and then he invested in a bunch of pizzerias in and around like the Pittsburgh area and uh, crypto started getting big and he kind of like you was very just interested in it on the side and became more and more interested in it. And my brother would tell me about all the time. And I was like, okay, like I was paying attention. And then like all of a sudden he sold all of his pizzerias and he bought a bunch of mining machines and he had an entire, like his whole downstairs of his house had mining machines. I, I forget the amount, the number that he had, but my brother was telling me his electric bill was thousands of dollars every month and like all, all kinds of crazy shit. And uh, I think he was able to get out when things were really popping for the most part. I mean, I don't think he completely got out, but I, I think he did very, very well on this last like explosion of cryptocurrency. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, I've seen some graphs where like, miners have just like any miner who've just held the tokens are just like guaranteed to be like multi-billionaires almost but if they're like if if they've even just like sold rate as as they've mined then i think they're still like millionaires like for people who've mined for like you know several years but depending on when they got in but yeah it's like I'm sure. I, be, I believe. Uh, I believe that you could totally. It, it's probably worth the investment if you can do it at the right scale to to get. It's all about leverage in crypto. Like that's 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 what it really comes down to for a lot of the plays. Is like how how for the big players that, that are that are doing that type of thing. It's like how much can they afford to put down for to to generate that mining power. Um, yeah. Or or, I, or and then or or can they collectively build sort of a company that that can invest that as as the side revenues i think the real ticket yeah are there i guess that's a good question because there's cost money to to mine and you've got a lot of banks which it kind of is interesting right they're buying bitcoin to put on their balance sheet companies will do that but Mm -hmm. are they i guess i i don't know it well enough to know is there better value in spending the money that you would to buy the Bitcoin? Or if you're a company that's that large, if you believe in it enough to buy it and add it to your balance sheet, why not mine it and get right to the root? Because you out of 
anybody as an organization or a corporation would have the, the financial means and ability to do that unless yeah. there's some sort of regulation against, you know, such and such bank mining Bitcoin as a way to, you know, well, possibly... that's, that's the thing. Yeah. The banks, I don't think, you know, I think at a certain level, it's uh, to figure out how to add that back to your company's balance sheet, that mining. I'm not sure how that exactly works, but yeah, I think it, I think it, it totally will be something that's more mainstream in the future for, for companies to, uh, be at least generating uh, some sort of validated return um, for operating a server for the like if you're if you're operating a server that has extra server bandwidth and you could be running uh, a node that decentralizes one of the blockchains that's popular that that maybe manages some of your company's tre treasury funds um, like if, if that's where you, I, I think eventually that's where we're going to go with our treasury funds and things are going to move into blockchain sort of savings pools where communities can sort of uh, add their funds in as, as, they, as they need to and withdraw as they need to. Um, but, but I think that through that sort of lens of it, um, those servers, that's, that, that's, that's sort of just a, like a little side thing that, uh, companies will will find is really easy to add in. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, any any company that that has computers that has a computer network, any office, any anywhere that has yeah, I mean, a VPN server, um, yeah. they, they might as well have some sort of validator node that's associated with their company. It, yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, it just there's so much other wasted money inside of organizations going after you know rabbits down holes. To me, this is, it's, you know, it is the future and it probably isn't a bad idea to kind yeah. of shift that way. A little bit, a little bit now and then eventually, you know, more and more, but like people, I mean, staking, like, it, like legitimately, like what, what you can do on the Terra blockchain is literally incredible. Like what crypto is all about is putting up collateral and using that collateral um, to manage uh, a loan that the network keeps track of. Um, and if you overdraft your loan, you're going to get liquidated. You're going to lose your collateral, um, ultimately. Um, now, if your collateral goes to zero, th then everyone might get liquidated at the same time. There is a risk of mass liquidation. Um, so people manage their risk accordingly. Um, but what you can do is, uh, like, Ethereum can be bonded as collateral. Luna tokens can be bonded as collateral. And you can take a loan out in stable points. Um, that model, that the model of that is is a similar thing on like AAV, A A V E or A A V E. Yeah, um, that's a lot of how their models work. Is where you can deposit wrapped Bitcoin or wrapped Ethereum, and those tokens can that are then collateral for loans that are in U.S. dollar coin or other types of stable coins. Um, and and once you have those stable coins, that's essentially your your cash cash dollar bills to go make investments in other cryptocurrencies or go make investments in nfts and in or you know delegate your funds to a dow um, so that you say hey i want you know i want to save my money with this community for now um, because we have sort of this incentive going on where we're going to try to pool a million dollars we're going to give 10 percent to charity we have a smart contract written up that our community put together it's all approved we voted on it you can see it all here on the blockchain because 
that's where we're going with uh, where, where crypto's headed um, with the toolkit they're building, uh, I think on all of the different blockchains. Is, so I've, I've thought about this a lot because I agree. I mean, we're, we're heading this direction. I don't know how quickly not um, yet uh, eventually yeah i mean it, well, but no. i mean it seems like it's going it's going faster than i would like if you would ask me two or three years ago i wouldn't have assumed that we would be where we are today and i think we have a pandemic to thank for that i think just the instability of our nation right now has caused a lot of people to explore alternative options i mean i saw some stat yesterday maybe um that said currently we're losing one percent of our money's value every 30 days i mean I, yeah i mean i've seen the, the inflation stats are not good um, you know six percent or something um just the most recent numbers that i saw which is i mean i'm not an economist i i just dabble in the cryptos but i i also before i got even got into crypto i was aware of just general inflation of the us dollar versus pretty much everything that was back before the pandemic, you know, I was following those types of trends. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, um, I, I don't, I think that's, I think there's not a really great incentive to save your U S dollar bills for whatever reason, banks can't really get that straightened out. Right. Like we'll save our money for us, but the, the interest rate to save your money, you got to put up quite a lot of collateral to even get any interest. I think. It's really going to screw up strip clubs. <laughs> well, no strip. No crypto will innovate for the strip clubs. We'll, we, we, we got, we'll, we'll put them first. That Somebody was, will. that was a thing that like, I, I remember that being a meme. Like you remember only fans was sort of going to be go down for like a day. Right, they're gonna like you know cut out all the smut or whatever. And crypto was like, "Hey, OnlyFans, we're gonna build you OnlyFans crypto version. Uh, just swap it. it. No worries, we got you." But, but you know, I think I think they've changed their policy again, real quick. Well, I, the reason I ask about like the the time that it's gonna take to get to like this being the the standard right? Blockchain and cryptocurrency. And I think it's coming, but we're not educated. I mean, at least to my knowledge, we're not educating young kids right now. We're teaching them about the same things that are kind of on the way out. Um, that's troubling to me because I don't see us being able to really educate our society, especially the people who will need to be educated the most on understanding what is going to be quickly thrust upon them in a way that it's not just like, I mean, social media was, is, I think is a great example of that, right? 15 years ago, Facebook was just coming out, like things were so different and it's accelerated at such a rapid pace that you can see the impacts of society. I mean, I love, and I say this all the time, I love social media. It gives me the ability to connect with so many people. This podcast isn't even possible if I don't leverage social media to connect with people. It's made everybody accessible. And I love that. It's such a great way to share information. But it's 
to me, also directly responsible for the unrest that we have. It's given everybody a microphone. It's made everybody an expert. It's given people the opportunity to confuse people with misinformation, all of those things. And that's not even something that you, I mean, maybe it is now have to have, but I know people who don't have a Facebook and they're, they, they're fine. They're probably happier than most of us who do have Facebook. Um, but cryptocurrency and blockchain and really, I feel that a little bit more central to everybody's life because even your grandfather who doesn't want social media, if, you know, and obviously this would be like people who are probably in their forties now, but those people at the point in time when this becomes the standard, they're not going to know how this stuff works. They're not going to understand it. And it's, going to be something that's like very pivotal to their existence. Like, Hey, how do I pay my bills? How do I, my, my retirement? Like, obviously it's not going to happen overnight, but my fear is that that acceleration is going to outpace our ability to educate it. And I, no, that, I think that's, I mean, that is the scale, the, the scale that you're aware of is like a, a good point. Like, like, because like I'm I'm very narrow focused, right? I, like I see I see the be the best side of this, like and and it's it, and, and the scaling side is where everything is limited, and and it, and it's at the education point, and it's we don't know how to. That's exactly it. Like then that's why I'm most attracted to the Terra blockchain because there is education resources, there are podcasters, there's people who are reporting on the developments of Terra every single day. Like I, I, I tune into, I have a list on Twitter of like 17 people, you know, who, who I, these are my respected follow, you know, and, and a lot of people follow that list as well, because it's, it's, it's been proven that, that there are some people to tune into in some of these areas, but back to the social media side of things and what crypto is also guilty of is like, um, attention, like, like, uh, monetizing attention. Um, is like a, is like really bad kind of like there's like and that's what social media is is gonna do no doubt if they if they add current I mean they already do do that and they and that's how they pay their advertisers is by telling their advertisers how much attention they they receive and so um, it's not good like that's it's just not good it's not it's not good for me personally like in my routines I I would get be such a so much more productive if I didn't have so much people trying to buy my attention. Um, but, but ultimately, uh, cryptocurrencies or communities are also guilty of that. There's people every single day trying to buy even more of my attention uh, just by engaging on anything that, that uh, of these threads that people might be engaging on. Um, so it's, it's the biggest thing that you can, the biggest thing that we can teach kids is to um, like if you're gonna if you're gonna go down one of these paths stay focused on don't 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 stray to like like it's good to be focused on on a little bit of like what you can trust and like if if, if you feel like uh there's nothing to learn here you're probably right like like stay like there's some of the stuff is brand new like you know like kids like well, I mean, shit, man, play the games to... if they're fun, right? Like play the games if they're fun. But like, if you think if you're going to put up money to play the next NFT game, and you're going to think that you're going to make a million by investing in the next NFT game early, 
I'm sorry to tell you, but like, you're probably not, you're probably putting coins in the pinball machine, which is fun, but, but make sure you're doing it from the mindset of like that on some of this crypto stuff um, and save, like, like, I think, I think crypto is an extension of finance. I don't think it's a replacement of finance. I don't think it replaces banks. I think it replaces a lot of the overhead at banks. And I think it lets banks ultimately automate the, the tellers away as they should. And, and I think that lets banks then come back and compete and say, you know, hey, yeah, we actually can offer you four or 6% interest on your savings account if you can keep it there for three years at a time and not touch it. And we go lend it out to small businesses and, and, and maybe help the community with those funds as a bank and do what a bank does and we'll pay interest um, once they can cut down on the overheads because uh, it's expensive to run a bank, I can imagine. Um, when you go into a bank, uh, it's, it seems that it's like a big empty space, AC's blasting, nice and cool. Like I get it, like we got it, like it's gotta be a nice place. I'm not trying to hate on banks. Like, like I, I respect what they are. Like they, they're a very important institution. And and I I think what crypto does is, is just sort of a, it, at, at the, it's an extension of what banks might be able to do if, uh, if they had zero overhead. Well, I mean, yeah. Think about the money that gets spent on Tootsie Rolls and suckers. I mean, that alone, I mean, I bet it sounds silly, but I bet you if you add that up, you'd be fucking shocked. Mm -hmm. I, I do like the idea of, and I'm going to get roasted for this because I, I am not saying that banks are like the essence of pure because banks fuck people over all the time, but there's an aspect of crypto and you know, I'm, I've steered away from this. And so I don't, we don't have to get into like the specifics, but I mean, we come from a town where a lot of people had an opportunity or so they thought to get rich off of crypto and it's left our small town pretty ravaged, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, and it goes back to the education aspect. There was a lot of people who heard this craze, put some trust in some people and lost a lot of money. And I fear that, I mean, that's an isolated incident. And I don't think, I mean, I've said it, the detriment is going to reverberate from, it's going to, it's going to be a long time because the trust factor is what's broken in a small town like that. It's, it can hurt. But if you look up, if you think about that in the bigger picture, I think regulating it and having it be through a bank could be, could be a way to not just give access, but give access with people who can trust it. And again, that, to my point, like I get it, you shouldn't necessarily trust banks, but I would imagine that if they're regulated, there's a lot less of what we saw happen going on. And a lot of people could actually benefit and maybe not everybody's going to get rich, but it could create a better, a better flow of life. I guess maybe the way that I would say it, right? And right now, because not everybody's bought in, it's a place to make money. It's a it's a place to create wealth. But if it's standardized, I don't. Am I crazy to think that that um, hyper ability to make massive amounts of capital from it kind of de decreases a little bit? Yeah, like I think like uh, the big gains in crypto 
um, they they're they're best like they're they're not going to come to the individual players. They're just absolutely they're going to come to people who have already programmed bots to catch the black swan events. Um, they've already got people who've got you know several million dollars sitting on the side to sort of buy out uh, an entire market cap of your small coin there. Um, so, so um, yeah, so I, I think that, I think that banks ought to um, meet crypto a little bit in the middle because there's some crypto projects that are very genuinely authentic that have, like ultimately crypto projects need to be a, 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 a very important uh, aspect of them is that they're audited, right? Like, like these projects are audited code that is cannot be changed once it's launched. Like once these websites go go live, the only way to make changes to the website um, is to vote based on what was agreed upon in the original parameters for for that uh, company. And so, it's a really genuine uh, fundraising to in incentivize secure applications to be built. Um, the difference is that blockchain applications aren't necessarily optimized for Apple iOS, right? Blockchain applications are optimized for a blockchain. Um, and and uh, so I think like in the future, banks need to either uh, sort of help us align with a blockchain as a community. Like I think banks will do that. I think banks will say, you know, hey, we, we support these set of chains there's there's an ecosystem called the cosmos chains um where where they're, they're sort of innovating if that proves to be secure and successful it's going to really um be one route where value is secure and transfer and, and banks should help people use that it's, it's, it's an innovative future toolkit for finance to generate yields um, just the way like uh i think investment bankers started to have like use derivatives and, and financial mathematics and things like that to generate greater yields for their customers that were involved in investment banking schemes. Um, at a similar level, that's what crypto is able to do by locking up capital and, and making sure that they're generating all the transaction fees back to the network. So, so I think banks, local banks will eventually offer you a sign on the dotted line, hey, do you want to take a higher risk portfolio? Um, we'll maybe incentivize you if you do it uh, for, you know, if you lock in, in fund X amount of funds for 90 days or X amount of funds for this many days, we'll give you this sort of incentive and it's going to be better than your savings account. Kind of similar to like what a CD used to be. I think, I think, I mean, it, that's maybe it, it might work. It might not. I mean, Bitcoin could also crash tomorrow because we might not understand the global implications of what, you know, China is able to do or what, like, there's, so, that's the so thing, I'm, right? I'm an optimist. Like, yeah, that's the thing is, and that's why U.S. politicians are, are hesitant to buy in fully on a lot of crypto plays is, is that we, it is a, it's bigger than the U.S. Like a lot of these blockchains are bigger than the U.S. Um, like they're bigger than any country. They're, they're, they're that's intentionally they're 
that that's sort of what their aim and scope is to be is to be able to make sure people can be global citizens in some regard or or, or at least you know can can be have an identity in their network otherwise like well like sort of one or the other either global citizens like sort of one angle of crypto then the other side is like a, a, a community who who checks on each other and 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 can and can knows you know who's part of that community do you know of any use more so nfts but go ahead no no you're fine do you know of any use cases specific to gambling like i'm um yeah i mean on terra they have a lottery um they have there's a lottery application where you can buy lottery tickets um it's like a you know a mega million whatever like a you can buy buy the dollar and uh if you match your seven digits or whatever you would win the jackpot and if you know i think it pays out a bunch of different prizes and then they have some different ones where that, that that they're proposing um that are i think it's sort of like 50 50 raffles or something of some sort for nfts where you sort of like put put in money and then you'll win the the, the nft badge or whatever um and there was another one it went it, it it sort of i think it just sort of ran out of the reserve fund but it, it, uh, there's one where you just like over under you just like pay over like you know five five bucks 20 bucks Hit, pay your transaction fee of 0.1 cent and uh if you win you won if you lost you lost but i i i think that website went dead and they might be merging with another but i think gambling is going to come to crypto um like there's on the terra blockchain for sure I, there's company there's a company called bet terra that's coming out that i don't they're not I don't think they're out yet. I follow them on Twitter, but I haven't seen the full announcement. But then the other one is, yeah, Low Terra. Um, yeah, there's there's all kinds of potential for. Uh, I think like I have I put even together like a lot of crypto projects come together and hackathons. Um, we'll, we'll sort of put out the word and people put in applications and if you're you know, if people join your team, then you, you get to talk to sort of the mentors. And so I put together an, an application that would sort of bring monetization of crypto to chess. And it's sort of- I was just of, gonna ask you that, if yeah, there's any there's, application in chess. Yeah, and well, I think that there is, um, like it's, I think, well, it depends on how how large the community is. Like I, I can see it just as a general like coaching arena, like for me, as a chess coach, it would actually makes most sense for me to say, you know, hey, if you want to, you know, pay me, just delegate money to my node because I keep a chess, I keep a server running 24-7 or something like that, you know, and then and so I'm always validating this blockchain, you can just delegate to there, and at whichever threshold you delegate to, um, I'll keep the rewards that, that you would generally Instead, instead of, so I'll, I'll keep a 90% commission or something on, on the rewards and only and pay my students uh, and, and would expect those students to maybe use those funds to be part of the community or do whatever, or however that would work. But, but those, that, those are ways that where crypto can sort of um, 
reorient some of those relationships where it's not sort of like where you can just be like, I'll just put my collateral here. And when I'm done coaching with coach Chad, I'll just pull my collateral back. Um, and then, and then I'll stop getting their yield uh, and they'll have their collateral back and they can go get a new coach or they can go buy a car or they can go uh, whatever they want to do with their crypto collateral that they had been using to retain, retain my services. But so any service industry could do sort of that model um, through crypto transactions um, of just sort of delegating to the person that you're going to, and that's, so, that, so that's the one model that I think chess could capitalize on. But I also think just chess clubs in general could get together and create a really cool chess arena um, where uh, say I take um, what a lot of crypto blockchains allow is at making liquid tokens where say I, if I have a Luna token and I have some stable coins, um, I can take my Luna token and my stable coin and send it to a de decentralized exchange and that exchange will give me back a, a liquidity, an LP token. And so that represents the amount of collateral plus capital that I applied. So now that I have LP in my wallet, um, I take that liquidity and I can put it into the chess arena and that can be sort of my gambling token um, until my liquidity runs out, right? And once my liquidity runs out, then I'll just have my uh, collateral token left and uh, I'll probably want to withdraw my funds and, and go home or I maybe won most of my games and, and got sort of the however the payout can be arranged now I think nfts could come in there uh, if depending on how like clubs wanted to arrange themselves how clubs wanted to market themselves in these arenas and and so like perhaps there might be arenas where it's more lucrative uh, but you have to have a badge to get in um, and that badge is an NFT that's in your wallet. So the only way that you would get into this arena that's reserved for, or, or even if you just want to run a tournament, right? I think NFTs could come in there as like badges. And, um, and that's, that's sort of like where chess, I think, would, has the most crossover. But, it, we could, but I think they should even make it even cooler and have like full-on avatars and like, like where like you and I could like have um, our avatar like would have like a training basis, right? And like, it would like, so if like my avatar is like a 900 rated guy and your avatar is like an 1100 rated guy, we could go like spar them off in like a battle while we have this podcast and see how they pan out, right? You know what I mean? Or something like, you know, like whatever. Like We're I, living I like in this, such a crazy time, dude. Dude, dude, it's avatar, NFT gaming will be the next level of it. Like, that's what uh but i don't i don't play enough games i don't have enough time to play games because <sighs> yeah i don't know where you find time to do even a podcast with me man are you no, are you are no, you following ahead. the whole facebook meta switch at all i just i mean enough to enough to you know feel like they're way too late to do that but <laughs> Yeah. If you're gonna do that, you could have done it, I don't know, a while ago. That would have been cool. But yeah, it does. I don't, it it's, I, seems... I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's like my Insta it shows up on Instagram now. I'm like, oh yeah, oh meta. Huh. Is it is it rooted in I mean, I, I think there's I think there's ulterior motives um, based on the timing, but this whole metaverse 
is that is that like i there's been things that have happened through history that have been like oh this is the next thing and then it just dies off cds right it's mm -hmm. like they were here for a quick second and then they're gone maybe that's a horrible example but this like kind of interfacing with virtual reality is that what the metaverse is like being able to submerge yourself into like a artificial yeah it's the next it's the, it's the latest flex man like like for um to have a to have like a really uh cushy avatar right or to have you know the, to like bitmojis right like everybody yeah had yeah exactly yeah bitmoji was a good like precursor to all that like that was those were those were cool and but there wasn't much i don't well maybe they maybe you could have bought subscriptions or something but um yeah nfts a lot of it is about the avatar and i think facebook wants to get on that they want to they want to be able to let people, let their users get in on sort of creating an avatar of some sort that they can then maybe monetize that avatar. So if you want to buy something that, I don't know, maybe you'll be able to add swaggy uh, shades to your dude or whatever. And uh, people will be like, yo, you're cool, man. Like, I don't know if that's what it's about. Like it doesn't, it seems kind of lame, like that's where the, okay like i didn't know I, if like, i was missing something no, because i'm no, like exactly I, like i don't get it i don't i don't get what facebook's trying to do like i don't think i, don't, I think they i think they should have just kept being facebook like they because what what other crypto nft projects are doing is going to be a lot cooler it's just like there's some 3d worlds coming like if people want actually want cool avatars they're going to find that they're just going to want to buy them right from the software developer themselves and, and just buy the tokens and buy the avatar on a marketplace and go join on the website um like they're not going to want to we don't need to go facebook doesn't need to be the middleman on any of this stuff anymore um so i, just, I don't know what kind of but maybe they have some good games that they're going to pull together and i'm just underestimating their developers that could be true i just think it's really cool because my estimation is that what we're enamored with right now is actually going to be like the very first kernels of this new reality that we may be lucky enough to see before we die. Um, but I think this is, if we get into this metaverse and it's artificial, it's only going to continue to develop even more. And I don't know if it's a tie into something like Neuralink, but I mean, you, we've mentioned avatar i mean think of the movie avatar yeah. and how that and it's it's like that movie is really a an advanced version of the metaverse in a way like that, no you're totally right they had some far out concepts that that they're pulling on it's like the central tree of life um and uh being able to transfer knowledge back and forth um like that's sort of like what I envision sort of avatar gaming being like a sort of instead of like sort of giving your character qualities that you want them to have um, out of an infinite set of qualities that you might want to add to them. Like, like I really enjoyed the Sims Sims growing up. That was I remember like being a, a young kid and having like the Sims build, being able to build like a little Sims world and making my character super rich and, and put all the cheat codes in so I could buy like 
17 toilets and had like 20 stories or whatever. Um, so, so kids, kids like that side of it. So we'll always be able to keep making games for them where, where the money doesn't matter. That's the beauty of cryptocurrencies is like, we can spin up these little, like, uh, whatever flocky coin or dog. I mean, dog coin sort of is, has, I guess, some value, but like the, the, the concept of creating those shit coin tokens for lack of a better word shiba so, is it was it shiba inu or? yeah yeah the, those the shiba inu like um i think you can mine up like a million of those and then you could just distribute those to your game community and be like yeah if you have a thousand shiba inu you can play and and once the kids go through a thousand shiba inu they go back to mom and be like mom i need ten dollars again and they're like oh again it's been two months what <laughs> like i don't like i don't know <laughs> um like but for kids gaming like yeah you can make these games super cheap uh, like the currency wise um but the the benefit of the adults getting in the game is that we can get people that want to gamble or sort of say imagine like if we could if you could when you pair up with call of duty um teammates right back in like i remember now this is now moving into high school for me um so move beyond my sims days but call of duty when we would get together like those were intense nights but there was never even any money exchange but if if there were money exchange uh built into that that was more direct as opposed to you just paying playstation to upgrade your weapons like if you're actually paying the other 20 people that you were battling against based on how you performed um, or Madden games. If, if you have to like take fantasy, like take your Madden dynasty, that's an online Madden league and you have to put um, like really care about that. But, but if the upside is that you can actually earn real wealth by uh, being a top performer, there's interesting gamifications effects that can come about in all of these worlds. We're far away from all of them, but we've already done it though with physical things. You know what I mean? Like we have a game, there's a game on right now, you know, there's a football game on down in Miami. The Ravens are playing the dolphins right now and they're playing this game for massive amounts of cash. I mean, these yeah. guys are making, I just saw Cam Newton just re-signed with the Carolina Panthers for 10, up to $10 million. I mean, we're kind of already doing it. So this just, in my estimation, creates new pathways for people. You know, that's why I, like there's, I've never been somebody to push back on like the e-sports type stuff. And you see this new realm of like e-sports, you know, and I, I don't know. I hear people that kind of criticize it or pretend like it's not real, but I'm like, it, it is kind of real. It's like this kid just made like $20 million this year playing games. So it's no different than Tom Brady playing quarterback. It's just, they're playing something different, but we didn't have the technology for those things to even be a possibility in the past. So we were limited to football, basketball, we were limited to, you know, chess or swimming or just anything that involved the human body. Uh, or, you know, as I guess, time has moved on some very rudimentary types of technology. But 
our wildest imaginations right now are starting to become what is our reality. And I don't know, there's part of me that's kind of freaked out by that. And it's probably because we're a part of this generation that's seen both sides of it. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, but I think you're probably old enough where you recall life before the internet or before, you know, too much automation. I mean, I, I remember not having a cell phone. I remember my dad got a car phone for work and I was like, holy shit. Like, how is this thing even work? It's in his car. It's not plugged into it's it's plugged yeah, in. Those, it like, I, I remember seeing one. Or my st- I think my stepdad had one. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, now I, I don't go anywhere without this thing, you know, it's just, it's always there and it has my bank account information. It's got my crypto accounts on there. It's got, my portal to the to the metaverse now with all of my social media. I mean, it's it's changed everything. Absolutely everything. Um, yeah, I no, I definitely am old enough to remember back before um, we had a an extra well like an like an extra just a device attached to us almost or an extra, you know, it's like a it's more than an alarm clock right like like for at first it was an alarm clock for me like the cell phone was like an alarm clock when i was like in middle school and that was about it like i didn't text people it's just an alarm, an alarm clock for the emergencies mm-hmm. but maybe play yeah. snake on the bus on the way home from like a track uh, meet or something like that yeah yeah sometimes you'd, you'd be able to figure out how to get the snake game on <laughs> yeah uh, definitely had that same phone and then, yeah, and then it just, it, it's escalated ever since steadily. Like, I'm, well, like, I, I would say, like, exponentially. I don't know, like, if you drew a graph, like, it, it's got to be um, the amount of cell phone users or smartphone users since 19 or since 2005 or something. It's the same trajectory that we're going to see with crypto, though, because I don't think, I think there's a lot of people who have cell phones that, wish they didn't have cell phones, but you have to have a cell phone. Now you like, you almost have to have a smartphone. I mean, there's some people that probably live without a cell phone, but I wouldn't be able to complete 80% of the tasks in my life. As far as work, as far as this podcast, just everything requires me to, to have that. And I could certainly choose to not have it, but I would have to find a different way to live my life and that's okay. Yeah. But it's like, that's what I see happening with everything. You know, it's like, it's going to be so intricate. It's going to be so woven into the lives of all of us with banking, with everything that you're not going to have a choice, but to use it unless you want to live in the, you know, the stone age. Well, that's the thing, but, but, what it might, it might not, it might not be where we're using it. It might be a little bit better where um, businesses incorporate it into their business model for us, right? When, so like you want to subscribe to Spotify, perfect. Um, now, so this crypto could eventually give Spotify a better, a better model for, for paying artists and, and giving you a pathway to do it instead by, instead, you know, like it, I think eventually, like, I think if we give the, if we st- stick it out, I think that's what's going to happen is that 
um, banks will sort of see the tools that crypto uses to uh, manage capital with smart contracts and to uh, um, have these smart contract arrangements start to manage a lot of the treasury funds and, and we see the yields that we're able to generate from those and and banks love yields and banks will want to share those yields back to the communities businesses will either incorporate crypto directly and, and get the yields themselves and give those back to their subscribers like i've i put a tweet out along like probably back in i don't know march april it was like um any subscriber-based business model needs to be prepared to be disrupted by cryptocurrency like what crypto can do uh, delivery services right um it's like delivery services all they need is a payment processor visa payment processors are, are the are the really the, the where crypto disrupts that's the level so like as long as your visa card swipes you don't care whether that transaction is recorded on the blockchain or in visa's database of wire transfers um you don't like you have no you do not care you would not care as long as it processes instantly and and that's what uh some blockchains have proven in other countries not so much in the us yet like the only like there's not really a, a, a the only currency that i know like you can use the dash cryptocurrency no one would ever do it but you can use dash at like a few like amc movie theater for whatever reason and whatnot but like eventually all that matters is that your transaction of your stable coin processes instantly uh, for the services that you buy so and instead then, of completely so upending. it's on the business so it's on the businesses side it's the business if the business wants to process their payments through visa they can or you know some businesses don't use american express because american express charges nine percent to the business when the, the some other does seven or whatever like uh, there's that there you know however that math breaks down um that's where crypto actually comes into the equation for most average retail users in the future in the, in the near term um people who want to invest in crypto are going to have infinite pathways to do so and um, their banks are going to lead them to pretty safe ways to to get there or they'll be able to take a little bit riskier path if they want to do the work themselves and manage their wallets and and handle all the passwords and, and do all the security risks and all that like you can if you want to but what's going to eventually happen is we're there's going to be packaged solutions for people who want to get, get their hands on those types of investments. That makes or, sense. Yeah. Or, or process their payments that way. Yeah, no, it does make sense. Um, and I guess, I mean, even with the traditional system, I mean, again, I'm old enough to remember like going to the store using a credit card and you'd give the credit card to the clerk and they'd put it in that like, little thing and they'd slide it you know what i mean they'd make like a transfer copy and then they would take that transfer copy and then that would go to the bank and then that's the kind of how they kept record and i would love to have understood when that changed to swiping the card and the thought behind that and i'm sure there were people who were like this is going to make it so that you can't commit fraud anymore and i mean there's all the reasons why this was going to be the next best thing and then, you know, 10, 11, I don't know, maybe 20 years later, it's, well, we're going to switch to the chip because the, you know, magnetic strip is obsolete. And now it's like, hey, PNC Bank is going to leverage XRP for 
you know, uh, international wire transfers. It's going to cut down on the transfer fees. It's going to make the money available rather quickly. But I'm, I'm just wondering, like, what is it going to be in 10 years? What's it going to be in 20 years? The thing that we're not even aware of, that we're right. not even talking about right now, that makes crypto and blockchain seem obsolete. Or, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that doesn't happen and that this really truly is like the end, but I, I can't believe that that would be the case. I would have to imagine that we're just, our, our brains aren't smart enough to understand what the potential is in the future. And because just like cell phones and everything else, it's only accelerating faster because we have the technology that was created has the ability to create the next new thing even faster. And then when that round of technology is birthed, it has the ability to create the next round even faster. And it's just like that exponential growth and speed at which it happens because we're just supercharging our ability to create. No, yeah, I can't, you, you hit the nail on the head because that's what, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking for is like, what is that? I'm not sure what it is either. I, I like I'm optimistic that it's some sort of gaming thing that just everyone loves, that all generations love better than it's like more it's strategically difficult but fun to play. Um, something that involves coaching, something that involves broadcasting, something that involves all these types of things that brings a new era of like advertisers to the to the game or to however they broadcast these things that people want to hear from right because like there is like there's a good there's a good aspect of advertising where like products that you'd never know exist need to advertise to for you to find them like like i like i don't i don't get out and about too much um so like for me to find new products i do need to tune into advertisement somewhere so hopefully the next greatest thing is like really entertaining and everyone can participate the way they want to participate. Um, because I think that's like, I think that's sort of like where we're at on a lot of things. It's like, there's a learning curve. So we're stuck with like the old traditional sports. Uh, there's a, there's a learning curve between the traditional sports and the esports. So maybe that next thing is something that's, you know, in between, in between those communities where esports and traditional sports, come together more and more um but yeah it's 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 gonna be I th i'm optimistic about stuff I, I i think like and that's uh, it's a blessing of working with kids um like you know i get i've been working chess coaching five days a week this semester this all fall and uh also virtual mentoring uh, as a teaching assistant and uh, man these kids are really smart like they're they keep me sharp they keep me on my edge the one kid just crushed me in chess today like at the end of class just like you know i was like ah oh, i'll just play a quick one it'll be a maybe a draw here you know and we'll end class and the kid just whoop me you know so so these kids are are coming for us so we got to stay sharp because they're going to create they are going to create it like whatever we're not thinking of there's some really sharp kids that are on it um they're they're in elementary school right now playing minecraft figuring out how to spin up servers on their own um building their own minecraft communities getting discord communities put together like teenage kids are are, are some of them are, are way ahead of the community building aspect that's uh, that's coming 
That's so nuts. That's crazy. So, so the, the coaching has been going well. I know you said that things have really been super busy. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, just uh, here in Austin, just to like uh, our, our classes are all full, like all, all five days a week, all these schools, have, you know, like I've had like 20 kids in today, 18, I think tomorrow. Um, so it's, it's fun to have, to get those groups together, have to play a little tournament for an hour and give them a lesson. Um, now I'm also put together an online arena that I'm, that I'm going to work on for the off season and taking private students who, who want to take it to the next level and, and keep a little bit of their personal archives with me. So, so I'm, I got that put together through my website now. And, uh, it's, it's a really great, great company that, that, uh, put that tools together. Um, What's your website? It's a, I'm just a still coffee for dessert.com. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I have a coaching arena on there. Um, and, and so that's, that's what, that's where I'm headed, having my virtual lessons next, um, for my next cohort of, of private lessons. So it's gonna be fun. It's a good way to bring it home. <laughs> I didn't, I just I looked at the clock. I was like, holy shit, we've been talking about an hour and a half. Uh, is uh, it then? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I forget what time, uh, time does fly on these, <laughs> on these curious conversations. They definitely with curious do. Jones. You want to see what's your shirt? Oh, 412. You got the Pittsburgh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. The comfy. I'm just, I, it's getting a little chilly down here. So is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, or I should say up here for you. Up. Yeah. Yeah. You see our up. I was looking at a cool map the other day that was like showed just to, just super random, but uh, the dislike Texas to Pennsylvania is about the same as being in the set like Northern Sahara and uh, like the sea that's just North of Turkey. Wow. So if you can imagine that, like in Europe, like that's how about how far Texas and Pennsylvania would be apart from each other. So it's just like, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, we really are. We're, our, our country is kind of like the whole continent of Europe in a way. It's yeah. Yeah. And there's a really cool map that I, I forget where I found it at, but. Um, yeah, they like superimposed the U.S. on top of Europe, and it was just like gave a weird perspective that I was like, had to look at it for a few minutes to be like, wait, this is, what which state's that? Okay. It's hard. To see. And then once I figured it out, how what the map was actually <laughs> representing, I was like, yeah, that's a really weird distance. <laughs> I did. I know what I did want to ask you. Um, I get. We could even take this offline, but. That was a massive deer that your dad. Oh, had. where dude, where man. was where did he get that? Yeah, so my dad. Yeah, and shout out to yeah Hunt Rogue. Um, that's his guide up in Alberta. So he he's been going up to Alberta every you know several years uh, on and off. Him and one of his couple of his best buddies, uh, and my uncle have gone with him a few times as well up to this guy's name's Tyler, and. Uh, uh, I think my dad ended up on hunt this year just on a cancellation. Um, some for whatever reason, it was like sort of a last minute. My dad got to slip in because he's you know just one of the regulars that have gone up there before, so he's on the they talk regularly. And um, yeah, man, that's the buck of the life. It's, it's probably the buck he's always been. He he's always been dreaming of like something that had sort of like the back uh, little little antlers that could. Uh, we always called them back scratchers. 
mm-hmm. or whatever. And then the, this buck had um dark horned, beautiful buck. Um, but yeah, he's been going up to Alberta for several years. He's got a few nice bucks up there as well. I've done a, I think he's done an archery hunt up there. He's got a nice archery buck. And he even has a gray wolf, uh, which is actually back home on display in the public library. Oh, no kidding. So, so yeah, so if you're ever in Bradford at the public library, you see the nice little gray wolf uh, display. It's got my dad's name on the little plaque there. He lets them keep it there. So I think he's still got it there. He, he, he had it down there for quite a while, if not. I but, haven't been to the library in forever. That's uh, now that I have little ones, it's probably not. And I have a selfish reason to go down there. I want to check that out. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize your dad, how long ago was that? Oh, uh, oh man, he got that. I'm, I might've still been in, in high school when he got that, or maybe just in college. So yeah, about maybe 10 years ago, um, at least I'd say he's maybe, maybe 10, maybe 12 years ago now. Did he go out that. specifically for that uh, or did they just have like a tag and they were yeah, out hunting yeah, and saw it exactly. and... yeah they yeah he got a tag uh, that was that year he he had a tag on to his trip um for wherever for what he was doing had the chance at it and he just uh but it ended up being a real beautiful I, I don't know how many pounds but it was a yeah nice gray color to it silver silver wolf silver gray wow yeah amazing yeah, my dad's a, he, he's above all he loves he's an ultimate sportsman he loves but he loves getting away to alberta canada the the most he said get, get, get him as far away from from people as as, I, as he can be <laughs> while his son's in texas researching <laughs> actually, nfts and tara no, blockchains and all no, kinds actually, of other stuff uh, no i'm up next i'm up next i'm going i'm him and i are going i'm i got uh, drawn from montana so I'm going out oh, wow. and, and he's going to come with me. He's, he didn't get a tag for Montana, but he's, he's going to come along to hunt with, with me. So, so we're up, we're out to Montana in a couple of weeks for really? Thanksgiving week. Yeah. That'll be, be hopefully, awesome. Hopefully, hopefully I find, uh, yeah. Even if I don't get in the, get anything, I, I love to be out in that part of the country. So what are you guys hunting? Whitetail. Yeah. I got whitetail. a whitetail tag. Yeah. So, awesome. I've, uh, I think, um, I think next week, maybe Thursday I'm scheduled to talk with um, Cole Simonson and um, I've had him on once before, but he's a, he's a landowner. I think he's in Wyoming maybe, but I, maybe he's in Montana. He's like, right. He's on like the, the corner of one of them where I know he's like really close to both States. Um, But he's a guide and uh, I follow a lot of his stuff and, it's just, it seems like such a wild, wild place to live, man. I'm like so jealous of him because of the shit that he posts on a daily basis. I'm like, he's doing daily what people like your dad, like save up for. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go take that trip. It's like, he wakes up every morning and is like out there living that shit. And it's, I'm sure it's so difficult. And I'm sure it's not as glamorous as, and not that it looks glamorous, but I don't know, man, there's, it's probably the yin and the yang when you, when you're involved in the just chaos of the world that we're in. And that sometimes that can just seem so appealing, you know? No, it's, I mean, yeah, I, I've thought about that. I mean, I've, I've, I've had that similar envy when I've gone on a couple other hunts with my dad where we've had paid guides, you know, um, and they, 
you know they put the freaking work in that's that's no doubt mm -hmm. like you, for i mean in my experience we've gotten what we paid for our, in all our guides um but i i also am sort of craving it a little bit like man i could have just ran out here when i was 18 set up shop bought a plot of land and just hawk it all year round and i'll find some guys who need the getaway and i'll have you know and, and it's so back to that sort of coaching mentorship aspect like uh, that's what a guide's doing you know if you're a good hunting guide you're you're, you're doing what like the best hunting guide is, is going to try to put you in the spot where they'd want to be it's just that they probably have 10 spots they want to be because they've been grinding all year so they want to put multiple guys out there you know like, like that's why sort of how i feel as a chess coach i want to get you know eight or ten kids all geared up to to go win at the scholastic level because you know it's not really fun for me to go win at the scholastic level um, but i think all coaches like it's the same sort of sort of trend there like guiding coaching the philosophy behind it is is really genuine oh man i i commend you i think that's it's so cool ever since we first talked about your coaching and you know the impact that i'm sure you're having on so many people it's uh it's got to be very rewarding and you know i'm sure um, even though it's probably not your main motivator i'm sure you get a lot of gratification out of being able to do that so thanks man thanks uh, yeah it's been it's it's been uh, something that uh, it's been worth dedicating to you know coffeefordessert.com coffeefordessert.com um yeah i'm i'm trying to i got that recently cleaned up um but yeah still that's that's where i'm at uh, you'll see some of my photography links there and uh if you're trying to get set up with chess coaching i got links there as well to set up those appointments so i forgot you you've are a photographer as well i'm trying to do more yeah trying trying to be able to be more intentional about it in the in, in the coming year so so that's so keep, keep tuned in coffeefordessert.com um you know i've been grinding this past 2021 2022 polish polishing and ready to launch so so stay tuned oh, good stuff man i appreciate it chad yeah yeah good good to talk justin i, I wish you all the best i hope you're doing well thanks buddy likewise i'll talk to you soon we'll do all this right. again